It's episode 627 of the Locked on Rangers podcast. On today's show, I'm talking about a very frustrating loss for the Rangers to the Orioles in extra innings. The Rangers bringing up a new fifth starter and why Jonah Heim needs, needs to be an all-star this year. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, founder and host for all four seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Tuesday, July 5th. Your Rangers are 37-41 alone in third place in the American League West. They have been passed by the Seattle Mariners, who are clawing their way out of the dumpster fire of a start to their season. They are 14 and a half games back of the Astros, who are on a nine-game winning streak, brings me no joy to to tell you that but you know they're also still five games behind the Rays for that third wild card spot thank y'all so much for making locked on rangers your first listen every single day if you're not already you can go ahead and follow me on twitter at bryce paddock you can follow the show at locked on rangers the best way you can help grow the show is hit that subscribe button on youtube we are past 950 inching closer and closer to that thousand subscriber mark by the all-star break i think we can get there with y'all's help it is the best way to help grow the show and i appreciate every single one of y'all before we get into today's episode this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with George from BlueNile.com and Locked On Rangers listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON at checkout. Now, let's look at this 7-6, 10-inning loss to the Baltimore Orioles. And the big story in this one is that Dane Dunning continues to be cursed on the road. Absolutely cursed. He gets the fourth worst run support on the road for any pitcher in Major League Baseball, and that is the entire game, not just when he is actually in it. I think when he's actually in it, they even score lower. Sometimes they'll they'll tack on some insurance runs at the end to make sure he still gets the loss, but um, or just doesn't get the win. But he, they have not been scoring well while he has been in the game. He went five and a third innings in this one, did allow seven hits and five runs total, but only three of those were earned. Two of those were unearned because of a couple of pretty bad errors in this one there was a catcher interference error by uh Mabry's Valoria and then a pretty darn bad fielding error by Nathaniel Lowe that drove Dane Dunning from this game it would have made a huge difference in the game it scored a run it probably would have kept him in there he probably would have gone at least six innings in this one but it just wasn't quite enough he also allowed a home run one walk and um struck out five the one home run was an absolute tank a tank from Cedric Mullins who hasn't been off the greatest start this year after a great great breakout year for the Orioles last year but just wasn't quite enough for the Rangers and this one Dennis Santana was able to come in and get out of a sticky situation in that sixth inning Brock Burke was solid for his inning and two-thirds Brett Martin came in and got one out to finish off that uh, I believe the ninth inning in this one, eighth inning. Uh, but Joe Barlow came in with a one-run lead to get a save, and he had his third blown save of the season. Only one run, but that's all it took. That's all it took to send this one to extra innings. The Rangers weren't able to get a run across at the top of the 10th inning, and Matt Moore had a disastrous 10th inning. Absolutely disastrous. He allowed a bunt single from Rignardor, who had a three-hit game against the Rangers because, you know, 
Of course he did. Of course Rugnador has a three-hit game and brings his average all the way up to 206. Excuse me. Yeah, no, 206. I thought it was 208, but it's only 206. Of course he does that against his former team. And then he had an intentional walk um, to a pinch hitter, uh, uh, Urias, who was hitting for uh, Arauz. Yeah, uh, Jose Arauz at third base, who... Drove in two runs, even though he has an OPS of 351 on the season. The Rangers allowed him to drive in a pair of runs because nothing is going to go well for them in this one. It's just Dane Dunning is absolutely cursed in this one. And then a walk-off hit-by-pitch to the number nine batter, the shortstop uh, Jorge Mateo, who has an OPS of 578 and hitting under 200. Yeah, that's about that's about how this one went. The Rangers were able to get some key runs, some some big home runs in big moments, a three-run bomb by Garver, his ninth of the season, a big, big shot for him. Um, Marcus Simeon had a three-hit day, reached base four times. He got hit by a pitch, and uh, the Rangers were really good on the base pass, including Marcus Simeon right after he got hit by a pitch in the foot. He kind of limped his way over to first base, and I was listening to the radio broadcast. I'm like, well, either he's hurt or he's trying to deke them out, make them think that he's hurt so he can – go and steal a base and they won't be suspecting it. And that's exactly what it was. He kind of limped his way over to first base, made them think, oh, no, he's hurt. He's not going to try and run on the base. Nope, nope. Still his 14th bag of the season. Leads the Ranger with those 14 steals and is one away from a career high. He has been so much faster than I thought that he was uh, on other teams. He's in the top 15% of sprint speed in all of Major League Baseball. He was in the top 10%. Maybe people are just getting faster. As the season goes on, or more fast people are being called up. Not exactly sure, but still one of the faster guys in the league at age 31. It's not slowing him down. He was not very aggressive on the base pass in his time in Oakland. I think that's kind of just how Oakland does. They're never very aggressive on the base pass. Even with their fast guys, they don't have a whole lot of steals. Um, but, you know, he is running wild with the Rangers, and the rest of the Rangers also ran pretty well in this one. Three stolen bases for the Rangers in this one, including Stephen Duggar's fifth of the season and Adoles Garcia's twelfth of the season. All of those were second base off of Adley Rutschman, who has a really, really good arm, the rookie catcher who I picked to be my AL Rookie of the Year. It's looking like that's probably not going to happen, even though I still think he's going to be a really good player for years to come. Um, had a multi-hit day in this one. Was able to drive in a run against the Rangers. I believe that was the tying run in the ninth inning with a double. He is really, really solid, but the Rangers were just too fast, and this one had great jumps jumps every single time, um, especially uh, at the top of the lineup, or I guess middle-ish, whatever, the heart of the lineup. Simeon and Adolis Garcia had really, really great jumps, and some really strong throws by either Rutschen was not able to get them out, and it didn't matter how good that throw was. Those guys are just too fast with too good of jumps, and they are absolutely going off on the base pass. But it's very frustrating to see Joe Barlow give up give up that run in the ninth inning. I, I feel like he is his, his expected numbers make him look like he is eventually this stuff is going to regress a little bit, but I still trust that he is the best option for the Rangers in that closer role. Maybe Dennis Santana is a better option. I think Brock Burke has been better overall on the season, but I like using him in those multi-inning high-leverage situations, him being versatile enough to go into those spots. Who I forget that he's still a rookie, that he still has rookie designation because he first came up in, what, 2019, I believe, um, before everything kind of went to crap for him. And so I kind of forget that he is still a rookie, but he could be in the conversation for Rookie of the Year. He only had 26 and two-thirds innings in six starts back in 2019. So he is still a rookie. 
He is absolutely dominant with his 112 ERA in 24 games and 40 in a third innings. I think he should get some love in the American League Rookie of the Year campaign. It's going to take Rangers fans and Rangers media kind of blowing him up and showing, hey, this guy is one of the best relievers in all of baseball. Oh, and also, he is still a freaking rookie. It's not a whole lot of big, big standouts on the pitching side, and I think that he should definitely get some love. I don't think he's going to win it over Julio Rodriguez or Jeremy Pena, but he definitely deserves some love and some appreciation because he has been fantastic as a 25-year-old rookie, and I have absolutely loved what I've seen from him so far. Coming up, I'm going to look a little bit at the Rangers' Tuesday starter. They have announced who it is. It's going to be Spencer Howard. We'll look at what he has done in June that made him earn this spot back in the Rangers' rotation and what to expect from this guy that has a lot of question marks around him. But first, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or celebrate a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. If you're looking for jewelry having your trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Rangers listeners. Get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever please. Go to BlueNile.com today. Now, Spencer Howard is going to come back to the Rangers rotation for his fourth game to pitch in at the big league level this year first three super did not go well he won the camp the job out of camp to be the rangers fifth starter actually he might have been their fourth starter at that point but he was absolutely dominant in spring training i love what i saw from him there were a lot of questions about is he going to be a starter is he going to be a reliever and after the horrific first three games of this season at the major league level and some really not great results in AAA when he first got sent down there i thought all right let's just pull the pen just suck it up deal with it this guy is going to be a reliever he's going to have some really really nasty stuff maybe a multi-inning guy but i don't know that he is necessarily going to be a starter i was kind of on the fence last year but i thought hey you got to give this guy every opportunity he's a former top 100 prospect consensus at pretty much every publication made it all the way up into the top 30 in a couple of these top 100 lists but this guy has got some nasty nasty stuff and when he is on he is absolutely disgusting to face but This year, he's had a problem with the home run ball. He's had a problem with the walks. He just had a lot of problems in general. And um, one of those problems is not trusting his other pitches. He's got six pitches that he's thrown at the big league level. Four-seamer, changeup, cutter, curveball, sinker, and slider. This year, he he completely cut out the slider. Has not thrown it at all this year. Um, Also completely cut out the sinker. He only used that in 2021. Did not use that in 2020. And the... uh, just everything has just completely changed with with he's basically just become a two pitch pitcher and that is you cannot do that as a starting pitcher at the major league level unless unless your fastball is like i don't know Jacob DeGrom's and your curveball you've got you know Clayton Kershaw's curveball that's the way you can be a two pitch pitcher as a starter at the big league level and that's pretty much it you've got to have two absolutely outstanding pitches and even then you're still probably going to get lit up and he basically became a two-pitch pitcher using his four-seamer about 49 percent of the time and his cutter 43 percent of the time did not use his slider at all this year 
and it is really striking. Look at the actual number of pitches since he didn't throw that many pitches. He threw 68 four-seam fastballs, 60 cutters, 10 curveballs, one changeup. That's it. That is not good enough. That is not good enough to get big league hitters out when they even doesn't matter how good your fastball and that cutter are. Big league hitters are going to square that up. They're going to see it coming. They're going to know how to attack it, and they're going to dominate it. And that curveball and changeup, they're good pitches. We saw him use it quite a bit in spring training. He was trusting those pitches and not being just a two-pitch guy. That was some of the reasons why he was struggling, again, at the AAA level, because AAA guys are pretty darn good, too. Granted, the gap between them and the big league level is absolutely ginormous right now, as is the gap between pretty much every minor league level at this point, but... Those AAA guys, they were squaring him up too because he was basically just throwing fastballs and cutters. And they figured it out, and they were squaring him up. Then he started to trust more of his other pitches, started to trust that changeup, started to trust the curveball a lot more. Changeup is still... Confidence in that is still coming around. I don't know why he doesn't have confidence in it. It's a pretty good pitch, and he's used it to get big league hitters out. So he needs to be able to trust all at least four of those pitches. I don't know if the slider has just been qualified as a cutter now um, depending on how he's throwing it but he needs to get a little more variety in that than just being a two-pitch guy and if he does that the results can be great in the month of June he went at least five innings in every single start and seven in his last start his last start was really really great um, but in the month of June he threw 32 innings um, 12 walks two home runs 39 strikeouts and a 253 ERA that is great. That is what you want to see. That is the Spencer Howard that the Rangers thought they were getting when they traded for him, traded Kyle Gibson for him last year from the Phillies. His last start was against Las Vegas, a very good hitting team. He went seven innings of shutout ball, one hit, one hit by pitch, one walk, and 11 strikeouts. 11 strikeouts. That is the guy that the Rangers thought they're getting, a guy with some top, top prospect shine on him. He is still pretty young. I mean, at this point, he's only 25 years old, and he's turning 26 at the end of July. This guy's still got a lot of baseball in him. There's still a lot of time to be patient with him. I don't think the Rangers are necessarily forcing him. They kind of, I, I would like to see one more really great start before they call him back up, but at this point, the Rangers do need a lot of help in their starting rotation, going with a bullpen game every fifth day if you have five days in a row and not being able to you know, trust some guy to give you a whole lot of innings. Thought maybe, maybe you have a thought of putting Garrett Richards in the starting rotation as that fifth guy, but he has been solid in that mop-up multi-inning relief outing um, kind of role, and I don't think you really want to take him out of that role. And as we've seen with Colby Allard, there's been times where he's been solid enough to give you like four, three, four innings of like okay work, but that's not quite good enough for a team that is around 500 battling to be over 500 thinks they are that kind of a team and this month of july i know i said june was their their time to turn around build off that great month of may and they kind of derped around against some mediocre teams and were not able to take advantage of teams with losing records now 28 of their next 31 games are against teams with losing records well at least it was before um before that first game against baltimore the only exception is this weekend series against the Twins. The Rangers need to take advantage. They need to take advantage hard. They cannot afford to just punt these games. So calling out Spencer Howard is, I think, the right and smart move. Now, 
what do we expect from him? I don't know. He hasn't gone five innings in a big league game since 2020. He's only gone five innings once at the big league level. That was his first year at the big leagues in that pandemic season of 2020. And he had one outing where he went five innings, and he had one outing went four and two-thirds. Those are the only times he's gone more than four innings in a big league game. This year for the Rangers, he just did not have it in those first couple of games. Um, at the big league level, he went uh, three innings against Toronto in that first game, allowed four home runs and six earned runs, but did strike out five. He's been able to strike out batters, but just has not been able to avoid the walks and the home run ball. His second outing was against Oakland. He went two innings and allowed one home run two earned runs in that spot and then against Atlanta he had an inning in two-thirds he allowed a home run so a home run in literally every single outing and averaging two home runs per outing is not great but again especially by the end he was not 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 trusting anything besides that four-seamer and that cutter and I think he has gotten to the point where he does trust his other pitches, even if they're not absolutely blowing guys away. And if he can do that, I think he can stick as a big league starter. The Rangers really, really need that right now with Cole Wynn struggling and pretty much every AAA pitcher that has not just recently been called up struggling. They need that from him, and that would be absolutely huge if he can just be a number four or five in the Rangers rotation. Coming up, we're going to look at why Jonah Heim should be an all-star. He had a great weekend against the Mets, and he's putting up some really, really incredible numbers. We're going to look at those. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why do often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter or just parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. I just spend up to 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer and they've got everything you need. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to all of your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on their how'd you box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com now let's look at jonah heim's numbers on the season they've been very very impressive he's been one of the best rangers players the third most valuable according to war on baseball reference, he is behind Martin Perez at 3.1 more, and Jules Garcia at 2.5. Jonah Heim is in third at 1.9. And uh, surprisingly, that's exactly where uh, where Fangraphs ranks him in war at 1.9. I don't see them agree a whole lot, but that would place him fourth among American League catchers. I think that's a little low, honestly, for the value that he is providing. Defensively, we talked about how great he is at framing. He is in the 98th percentile of framing pitches. That is fantastic now his arm is his big weak point if you're looking at one weak point besides his speed but he's a catcher so they're all slow anyway but he's in the 26th percentile of pop time to second base that's why other teams have been able to kind of run wild against rangers but he's bailing pitches up and striking out in the top half of baseball his whiff rate is in the 64th percentile chase rate in the 61st percentile max exit velo top 30 percent average exit velo nearly in the top quarter of baseball hard hit percentage he's in the 69th percentile which i think is pretty darn nice you look at his overall numbers on the season 12 home runs are the most by any catcher in major league baseball i say that again 12 home runs most by any catcher in major league baseball that's good you like home runs we're not voting and I, as much as I love his pitch framing, he is not 
you're not voting for an all-star based on their pitch framing. I don't know why more people didn't just see him. He didn't even get in the top 10% in the first fan vote, fan vote and got cut out of that display or of that, uh, that voting uh, into the next round, which is absolutely stupid. Absolutely stupid. There's no way he's not in the top 10 catchers in the American League. People just are paying absolutely no attention to the things that matter. Um, his overall season numbers hitting 258 on base of 311, slugging 490. Now, I have I have just given up on him passing Alejandro Kirk. Kirk has been absolutely fantastic for the Blue Jays. I just I just don't see a world where Jonah Heim passes him in voting. And at this point, I kind of don't think that he should because Kirk has been fantastic. But he's better than Sean Murphy. He's better than Jose Trevino. He's better than Christian Vasquez. All these guys who are ahead of him in voting, he has been better than these guys. All of his triple slash line numbers are better than Jose Trevino. The batting average, on base, and slugging are all higher. He's got more home runs than him. He's got a higher walk rate, um, strikeout rate. Trevino's striking out a little bit less than him. But the power numbers... And the offensive numbers are way, way, way in Jonah Heim's favor. And that's why the Rangers kept him and decided to trade Jose Trevino. He has been absolutely fantastic this year. His walk rate is at 7.5%, striking out under 20% of the time. That was a problem, big problem with him last year. And he's been able to cut down those numbers. Um, two stolen bases, which are more than Jose Trevino, more than Alejandro Kirk, more than Sean Murphy. So, uh, yeah, take that in your pipe and just go ahead and suck it. 31 RBI, which is more than Jose Trevino. He's also got uh, 27 runs scored, so that is even more. He's played in more games than Jose Trevino, 59 games to Jose Trevino's 53. Plate appearances, he's wiping the floor with him. 212 plate appearances to 152 plate appearances by Jose Trevino. The guy is smoking him and destroying him. He has been so valuable for the Rangers, and he wasn't even supposed to be the starting catcher this year. He has done that, been able to step up after Mitch Garver's injury, which, again, I don't think I mentioned it earlier, but Garver's still been playing with that injury, which is why he's not able to play the field and has just had to DH. And there's a thought, even more of a prevalent thought, that he is going to be have surgery on that arm at the all-star break and be out for the season so that he doesn't miss the start of next year, can actually start catching again, which again, pretty frustrating when you traded for him to get two full, to get two seasons out of him. He only caught for like a month and DH for like a month and a half. And then we'll see how healthy he is next year. But again, with Jonah Himes emergence, it hasn't really mattered. Heim has been fantastic. One of the best catchers in all of major league baseball. He did slump off a little bit in May, but he has come back on with a vengeance the last couple of weeks. Um, you look at his last 15 games, that's 46 plate appearances, five home runs in that span, four walks to 11 strikeouts, slash line of 304, 353, slugging 652. 652, that's an OPS, I believe, right at about 1,000, maybe 1,005, if my math is correct. But again, he has been so, so valuable for the Rangers. He's still slugging over 600 in his last seven games, um, just providing so much value for the Rangers that they didn't quite expect to this extent. Would love to see him be an all-star. Would be okay if it's Jose Trevino, just because it's, it's Trevino, and that's fine. And Alejandro Kirk is probably going to get a spot, but I don't think there's going to be a third spot. And so it's basically coming down to Jonah Heim and Jose Trevino. The votes of the players are going to make a difference. I think they are going to see the value of Jonah Heim and what he's been doing and appreciate it better than the fans have. I think the coaches will also see that and hopefully give him some love and get him into this All-Star game because he absolutely deserves it. He might not be putting up these numbers again next year, but he might. 
who knows at this point. I honestly don't really know what to expect from him. He has been a huge, huge value in that Elvis Andrews trade. Very happy for him, providing a whole, whole lot of value while we wait for Sam Huff to get ready. And while he was basically the, the kind of third thought of the Rangers' long-term catcher plan, he might end up being the primary option. And they might just let Mitch Garver walk for nothing because they don't need him because they've got all-star Jonah Heim. Thank you all so much for listening. I'll be back again tomorrow to talk about hopefully a win by the Rangers, hopefully a great start by Spencer Howard, see how much he trusts his other stuff, or if he gets lit up quite again, uh, or once again, I should say. Thank you all so much for listening, and until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.